the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we're back. The time six oh seven. I'm getting, getting ready to rush to the phone lines, but this particular topic our brother uh, talked about concerning Sabbath keeping, you guys better know, the goal of the devil is always to bring you back into bondage. And he always uses the ignorance of pro- professing Christians who do not understand the total sufficiency of the person and work of Jesus Christ as a radical finality in relationship to the old covenant mandates that were relevant to Israel, but are not relevant to you and I. The devil loves to take the glory of the law and plop it down upon ignorant men and women who have not yet learned that Jesus Christ is their righteousness, wisdom, sanctification, and redemption, and therefore their rest, and try to draw them back into don't do this, don't do that, keep this, keep that, rather than finding their fullness in walking in the spirit and being able to engage in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Do not be spoiled and be brought back into bondage by these men. In fact, that's really what we're talking about with the Harriet Tubman movie, because her joy was actually helping men and women become free as God had meant them to be free. Help them become free as many of the mandates of the decrees of their masters had actually laid out in legislation, but wicked men still wanted to control them. This is what I meant by the trans narrative uh, relevance of the movie Harriet in our present day. If I were to submit to my brother's uh, friend who calls and says, you know, we need to keep the Sabbath day, he would bring me into bondage all over again, according to Galatians 5. He would make the grace of God a non-effect. I would be brought under the yoke once again. And then he would by and by say, okay, now you got to make sure that you don't cover. You got to make sure you don't steal. You got to make sure that you don't do this and don't do that. You got to make sure you separate the, the wheat, the, uh, the, the, the millet from the, from the corn. You got to make sure you separate this, separate that. All of your fastidious laws in the Old Testament would once again be revived. And I would be a Jew. I wouldn't be a Christian. There are a lot of Jews walking around who call themselves Christians, but if they were Christians, they'd be liberated. Hence, Harriet Tubman. Let me go to line number, um, I'm going to start on line number three and talk with Sean in Redlands. Sean, are you there? Hi, Pastor Jesse. How are you doing? Good. Two things. Thank you for your patience. And I hope uh, that you will have something contributory to say about the movie Harriet. Oh yeah, yes sir. Um, yeah, I was listening. I haven't, I haven't seen the movie yet. Okay. I haven't even heard of it, but um, uh, maybe we'll go watch it. We'll go see it or rent it when it comes out. Cause it does sound good. When you um, do, when you do but, see it, I want you to call back and let me know what you think about it. I will. I will. I had a few thoughts about the whole, the whole thing, just of my general knowledge as it relates to Harriet Tubman and different things that it reflects scriptures and whatnot. Okay, let's see what you got. Okay, um, well, I can see a few things in those, quite a few scriptures that pop up in my head, just thinking about it. Um, you got, I, I was thinking about Harriet's house, 
kind of undercover, like in spy mode, freeing slaves and helping people out in that way. So I can see different things in the scriptures with like Apostle Paul being let down through a window when he was going to, when, when they were going to try to kill him. Absolutely. And and also you see that, that motif also in the Old Testament scriptures as well of when you have uh, Rahab and the, the walls of Jericho, how she hid the spies, and uh, and ultimately that she was spared and for 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 hiding the spies and that type of her faith in God being exercised. Um, and so th- those those different types of motifs where you know how you said earlier. Uh, Freedom is a fight. You have to fight for freedom. Absolutely. Um, and and so yeah, I see. I definitely can see those dynamics all throughout the scriptures, where uh, God has to, God is going to deliver His people or free His people, but blood has to be shed. Yep. Um, battles have to take place. Yep. Uh, and then I was thinking about it also in the sense of reflecting it um, on Rahab and how you brought up the culture, how it's in a sense being freed from the culture, the bondage of the culture, uh, or, or sin itself, really. Uh, when you think about Rahab, and she's in that wall, which is, could kind of be looked at like the wall of hostility that Paul is talking about in the book of Ephesians, that Christ brought down the wall of hostility in his death on the cross, which was the enmity that existed between Jews and Gentiles. And when you when you think about the issue of slavery and how it's still so germane a subject today, uh, the, the the that's one element of the culture that people get swept away in is these these issues of slavery and and understanding that and working through all those issues still to this day, even though it happened hundreds of years ago, you know. And so, um, but the idea of the, the, the spies in the wall, or the spies and raids to Rahab in the wall, the Lord meeting her in a secret place, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a mysterious place where um, her faith is, is, is brought about by His grace. And, and when the Lord re- redeems us and uh, saves us from our sin and from this dark world, he does for us what he did for Rahab. He frees us from the culture. He frees us from the enmity that exists between races, and we're in union with Christ Jesus Himself. So that's how you can have with every tribe, tongue, nation, and language. Christ is is uh, because God has knocked down that wall. Very good. Freed us. Very good. Those- very good. Very good. I hope you would see the movie because I'm going to be commenting on the rest of uh, the points that I drew out of. But what I appreciate is, Sean, about what you said, and this is to the edification of the whole group. I'll give another couple of uh, additional augmenting points to what you just stated. Rahab is a foreshadow of the Church of Jesus Christ that has its fundamental roots in uh, its Gentile ethnicity, even though she becomes the progenitor, matrix progenitor of Jesus himself which means that the gospel transcends ethnicity. It's not about black or white. It's about saved or unsaved. It's about elect or non-elect. It's about redeemed or unredeemed. It's about being regenerate by the gospel or not being regenerate by the gospel. It's being uh, saved and quickened by the illuminating work of the spirit or not. And what Rahab did 
when she was converted, she finds herself waging war against her own people in helping God to break down that wall of hostility. If you guys recall that when Joshua comes into the land, that is one of the major strategic targets that God goes after is Jericho because they had actually forged a wall city against the God that they saw coming for the last 40 years. And by application, Sean, what you're talking about in relationship to what I'm talking about is spiritual slavery is the transcendent principle here. Men and women are in bondage. They're in captivity. They're trapped by sin. And that sin will manifest itself in all sorts of cultural frameworks. One of them is slavery. That slavery is a pattern that runs across the board uh, of all ethnic groups. And it is not purely a black and white issue. And so when one comes to understand that Christ comes to liberate us, that liberation is going to bring us into uh, a response of grace that leads us into an ethical battle that will sometimes means we will be going against our uh, own own former kind, if you will, former team, former uh, collusion, former culture in order to see men and women liberated by the cause of the gospel. Listen, that was a great objective. My lines are full. I appreciate your call and your contribution. Hope to talk to you soon. Let me go to line number three. Uh, four and talk with Nelson in Redwood City. Nelson, did you see the movie? Yes, I did. Um, just before I comment on the movie, um, I, I told you this before, one of my favorite YouTube channels is Former Adventists. Um, and they are so good. They're the most happy, joyous people. They have Who? conferences every Who? year. Former former Adventists. Okay, cool. All right, good. Former Adventists, yeah. We're all former Adventists. Yeah, they, they, Adventists, because you know, there's like three hundred thousand people who leave Seven Day Adventists every year. Yeah, um, because nobody can live up to that. I don't blame them. But um, anyways, um, um, yeah, I saw the movie and I'm real disappointed at Dr. Boyce Watkins and other quote unquote quote pro black people who just disparaged the movie. There are a lot of people who did that. A lot of people who did that. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, because what they said wasn't even accurate. I mean, he didn't shoot the um, the the black bounty hunter because he was being a hero. That was not true. <laughs> they, they were saying that that was not the reason why he shot him. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and yeah, they said a couple other things that were untrue too. I can't think of right now, but they they totally characterized that movie the way it was. But what the movie characterized her humanness, right? Huh? What I said, caricaturized yeah. it. That's when you have um, cynics, and that's what they were. They chose to be cynics. I wasn't going to do that because for me to enjoy an audience like you guys, and there are lots of people listening, to ha- actually put a prism of redemptive interpretation on the movie to me is the most valuable way to enjoy life. Going around finding holes and flaws and this and that in in something that requires artistic license. I mean, you you're talking about the Grinch that stole. Christmas. Let those guys sit on the side. Um, how did you enjoy the movie? Did I lose Nelson? I'm sorry, Nelson. We lost you. I hope I didn't lose my audience. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm going to take a break now since I lost Nelson, and I'll come back and add some additional points on that, and then we'll take up our phone call with Ellen and Jessica and Richard. I hope some of you guys saw the movie. If not, I hope I'm compelling you to go see it because Sean, even though he didn't see it, understands where I'm going.
If you and I are not operating out of a gospel prism, listen to me now. Everything is bad, ugly, wrong, twisted. The only uh, to me, there are only two types of prisms you can operate out of because of the sort of um, how can I put it? Because of the demagoguery of the media, all you have is politics or the gospel. And if your prism is politics, you can't be happy unless everybody's on your side and doing what you think they should do with you. And and then you're going to miss the gospel in everything. And I love seeing the gospel in anything. This is a Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. The time is 624. Before I go back to the phones, let me reestablish some points on our um, observation of the movie Harriet. We first stated that the idolatrous sin of culture in that context, the culture was slavery. Could have been other things. And obviously, men stealing is unbiblical, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And yet what we recognize is that we can all be trapped by cultural idols that will mitigate the authority and force of the gospel in our lives. What I said secondly was that blacks and whites were guilty of slavery. Africans and Europeans all engaged in selling men and women. This was a universal evil in every country was and still is. Thirdly, the house Negro enjoyed soup at the master's hand in exchange for the oppression of his fellow Negroes. And some blacks also owned slaves. So when you go to talking about slavery, do not buy into to the political slant, which is an anti-gospel slant. And it does not do justice to history to pretend that no blacks contributed to the process of slavery. They did. They not only enjoyed selling slaves because they were uh, they were uh, uh, what we would call accomplices in the very initial process of taking uh, slaves from Africa. But even when they were slaves, as I stated before, they enjoyed uh, the the subtle privileges that came from their white masters, even if it meant the harm and hurt of their fellow slaves. Conversely, freedom in the heart as a virtue is a gift from God. Freedom has to be fought for, as we said it before. But freedom has to be first sought for. I'm going to ask you the question. How far did Minty walk to obtain her freedom. How far did she walk? Freedom has to be fought for. Freedom has to be sought for. But freedom comes through a saving knowledge of the past work accomplished. Minty would not have been stirred to leave had she not heard of the already decreed proclamation of emancipation by her previous mother's slave master who said her mother should be free at a certain age and that her children should be free. Hence, the gospel of freedom started long ago. Without hearing it, you and I can't know the freedom that we have in Christ. Moreover, not, listen to me now, there were many, many in the freedom fight that were white and black. When Minty gets to Pennsylvania, I'm still asking you how long was the walk? How hard did she have to seek freedom before she could obtain freedom in order that she would then begin to advance freedom? When she gets to Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, what does she see? White people, black people, Jewish people, free people, all working together to free other men and women, which means when we all obtain freedom in Christ, what is our job? Our job is to turn around and help men and women become what? You got it, free. Here's another point that was quite insightful. Not all people want freedom. 
I just told you there are some slaves who didn't didn't mind not having it. You recall Minty tried to come back to get her sister and her sister said, no, we're not as brave as you. There are going to be many men and women who will live in the bondage of sin and in captivity who will not be willing to suffer with Christ in order to reign with Christ. And that's a sad reality. Not everybody wants freedom because freedom requires faith. Biblical faith is not this syrupy faith that you have in America. Biblical faith is courageous. It's radical. It's persevering. It suffers. Biblical faith will get you killed with the promise of the resurrection of giving you more in the life to come than the life now. And that's why a lot of people don't submit to the crown rights of Jesus Christ because they don't want freedom at that cost. You see, Christ is not that glorious to them. Let me go to line one and talk with Ellen and San Mateo. Ellen, are you there? You see, Christ is not that glorious to them. Let me go to line one and talk with Ellen and San Mateo. Ellen? Hi. Oh, I sure am. First of all, I want to thank you for your patience. Secondly, did you see the movie? No, I did not see the movie. I will be running to see the movie after after tonight. Good. Um, um, what's your question, observation, or comment? All right, I'm going to I'm going to talk fast because again, you know, I'm not as eloquent as you are. So I and, and this, this 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 as always, everything goes in different directions. There's so many things I want to talk about because um, of of what you had to say. But I'm going to be really quick. Uh, by the way, my song for the day is, and I was gone last week, so I was devastated. I missed it, but it's, okay. it's smoke gets in your eyes. So uh-huh. that's. And, and that's, okay. that's why I love this movie, because we need to see things more clearly. I what I love, when you're watching that movie, you're watching that movie as a Christian. Yep. But I'm so happy to hear that they do show different sides. Now, as Christians, we can look at it and see that, that it's not a secular, it's not black and white, it's not America is so evil and we have this evil path. You know, I was listening to the, the caller talk about Rahab. Now, Rahab... She was smart enough to know, because she had heard about the parting of the Red Sea. She knew all the miracles. She was smart enough to know, but she wanted something. She wanted her family protected. She, 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 she knew, hey, you know, I think God wants you to have this land, and he did all these things. And so she was no dummy. The, the thing that, that I want to think about, and I think I've mentioned I was raised by a black woman. She had letters. Uh, her her uh, grandparents were were children on on plantations, sure. and she was so non secular. This woman, ne- I'm going to cry because I miss her so much, mm-hmm. and and I'd love to take her to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she never had a day of anger because she never viewed. And she had been through it all, and I went to Florida with her, and you saw the different, uh, you know, uh, you can't drink this from this yep, fountain, and all you can't, that. Or we know all that. The and she saw all kinds of horrible things, atrocious things, but she always saw it through biblical. It was never, and, and so this, this whole notion of it being an American experience, mm-hmm. and you spoke to that so eloquently, because there were warlords in Africa selling. I'm Absolutely. glad you said it, because if I had said it, as a white person, people would be all over me. True. True. You're, so you're absolutely right about that, Ellen. They would be all over you, but except on this program, we get to actually tell it like it is. That's, that's why I love it so much. And so I'm going to let you talk because I only want to hear you talk. I don't want to hear myself yap. Well, no, yap, you, yap. You, you did some affirmation, and I appreciate it because 
um, you know, you're a, you're a fairly new caller to this particular yes. program, but I've been doing this for 13 years, and every couple, three or four years around the time of presidency, I have to deal with the the racist element. I have to deal with the you know the past and and historical factors, and I'm always looking for comrades who um, who come from different spaces who understand the same things. Can I ask you one question sure. really fast before I go? You you said something. I mean, you said so many things. My head is spinning. But you were just talking about how some people did not want the freedom, and and right. and uh, right. goes, uh, she tries to get her sister, et cetera. Yep. Okay. And you said it's because there's a big price to be paid. But then I think about the Jews um, who were who came out. They, they came out of Egypt, and then they're. Just, I don't even think it was a, the fear. The human nature is so foul, so evil. Um, and 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 so I mean I think that's what you have to kind of keep in mind. It's not an American people want reparations. Who are they? They're really asking for reparations from God in, in the final analysis. If they're asking for it's reparations, really true. It's really so, true. You know, don't even get me started. But okay, I'm going to so, answer your I'm going to answer your question so, off so, the so air. What, when the Jews wanted to go back, it really was they wanted the manna. They wanted they didn't want the manna anymore. They wanted the the, the fruits and the. But I'm I'm going your answer is is fine, but it's a little bit deficient. And I'm going to give you the answer well, over the air. That's why I call and right. that's why I ask. Very that's important. Why I love this show. Bless you. Very By important. Way, can I say one quick thing? Mm-hmm. Um, Libby, who is the woman who raised me, she made the best duck alarange you've ever had in your life. I know she it. Said I know. You liked was she Cre- hey, was she Creole? Yes. See, I, I can tell you, that's my family, girl. I knew it. You, well, you, um, you when, have, you said, <laughs> when you said duck, my ear perked up. I said, "Woo!" It yeah, brought me right back and taste that duck yeah, right see, now. Yeah, see, anyway, see. I'm going to let you talk, and I'm going to get off the line. Bless you, girl. Bless you. Let me talk about one more principle here. I've got seven minutes, so I'll get a chance to talk to Jessica and maybe Melanie. In the movie, one of the things that really comes through really good, and again, you guys, go see it if you haven't. You'll enjoy it. It goes quickly. Nothing boring. Absolutely nothing boring about it. Um, but one of the things that really shined through in the movie, which I loved, is they didn't paint the movie so romantic that it didn't have a lot of tensions in it. And one of the tensions that becomes clear is that not all people want freedom. Uh, and you and I are going to experience that in our life, too. Here we are. We'll go wherever we um, are, are are free to go and inclined to go and maybe even move to go. And we will share the gospel with people. And there will be people who will go ho-hum. There will be, be people who say, I'll hear you later. And there will be people who will be mad at you because you are calling them to liberty. Well, they don't want liberty. I want you to get this. They don't want liberty because they don't want to have to pay for it. And, and Sean said it earlier, every emancipation, every liberation, every deliverance required a war. It requires war without the shedding of blood. There's no remission of sins. If a nation is going to be delivered from idolatry, something is going to pay for that. It's what black people paid for in the civil rights movement. This is where our Caucasian brothers do need to be careful when they are speaking into the struggles that that black people did have, particularly if the Caucasian speaking didn't grow up in that history and didn't have to wring their hands, you know, being on the wrong side of history or even on the right side of history. Because, again, there were many Caucasian brothers and sisters, many Jewish people who were involved in the liberation of black people in the Jim Crow era. Many. Keep the narrative straight. 
But just like there were many uh, of the Caucasian and the Jewish brothers involved in the liberation process, there were many blacks who wanted to leave it alone. They wanted to maintain status quo. Why? Because hear me now, where there is an absence of faith, it will also allow in that vacuum the power of sin. The power of sin is that it produces fear. And fear has torment. Perfect love casts out fear. Mature love casts out fear because wherever fear is dominating, love cannot be made perfect. It cannot manifest itself. It cannot prove itself. It cannot demonstrate itself. It cannot operate out of the highest good for the other person. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. That will not help happen where you and I are living by the principle of selfishness. Remember I told you my hero last week was Sophia Humphrey? Do you remember that? Go on Cron News YouTube and read about what Sophia did. That young lady who is a quadriplegic, I believe, who helped a homeless man on the BART train a couple weeks ago, just a week ago who was being stabbed to death by another homeless man because that homeless man wanted his shoes. And while everybody else fled, Self-preservation. Sophia stood there and tried to persuade this deranged homeless man to leave. Now, he could have easily accosted her and killed her, too. She hung out till he left and she went over there to stop the bleeding in that man's neck. Sophia Humphrey, still my shero. And you know what she said she did it for? Because she had sympathy for the man, understanding that the man was simply trying to defend himself, not get into a fight. And then she finally said she understood this as her calling because she's aspiring to be a nurse. And she says, as a nurse, you have to be able to deal with these kind of tragedies calmly. And she was talking to the man while he's bleeding to death, encouraging him encouraging him. And then finally, at the end of her testimony, guess what she says? You know, I'm a believer and that's what a believer does. Well, that's what some believers do. Bless you, Sophia. Bless you. Let me go to line number three and talk with Jessica in Richmond. Jessica, are you there? Hello. Hi, Jessica. Hi. I hope you can hear me. This is my first time calling. Glad you're with us. Thank you. I've been listening to you for a while, and I really love your show. You. So I did see the movie. Excellent. Um, it was, it was really, it was sad, but it was also wonderful to me in that it provided the truth. What it chronicled most to me was her faith, mm-hmm. and that was the most important thing for me to see. Amen. Is that kind of faith? And when you ask how far did she walk? She walked as far as she had to. Yeah. Now, that's that's a very good answer. But I'm going to tell you how far she walked because I want us to build on this. Okay. I want us to build on this because what I do with these kinds of programs uh, where I take movies that we all may have an opportunity to see. And I really do enjoy historical documentaries on, on, on our life in the past. History is the work of the Holy Ghost in order to teach us how to live now and for the future. That's what he does. He takes history, allows us to look back, see where we are so we can see where we're going. Her walk was a walk of faith, and I know you agree with me on that because you saw the main theme of the movie was the faith of Harriet, right? Right, yes. Her walk was a walk of faith, and that girl walked 100 miles to freedom. And the lesson in that is, as you stated, 
you have to go as far as you have to go to find freedom in God, to find freedom in Christ in order to be able to affirm how important freedom is to you before you can even know how how important freedom is to somebody else. She was compelled by the declaration of emancipation that was given to her former slave master for her mom and her to be free. And her present master was saying, you're not going to be free, neither you nor your children. And that compelled her to walk. And it should compel us to walk whenever circumstances want to cause us to not be able to walk in the freedom wherewith Christ has made us free. And I share that because there are a lot of people who don't really understand the cost of freedom. To find freedom, you have to seek it. And and God said in Jeremiah chapter 29, 23, he said, uh, he says, you shall seek me and you shall find me when you shall seek me with all your heart. Would you agree with that? I do. Yes. What, what else did you get out the movie? Because you said you saw uh, there was something sad about it. What was sad was the evil yep. that I saw. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, it was truly painful for me to see the things that happened to her yep. and some of the other, especially some of the other women. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see, I go to movies and I see them as a therapist. I'm a therapist. I love it. And, and the, the first thing I see is the pain yep. and my desire to help all of us heal from yep. that past, from yep. that pain, yep. so that we can move forward. Because my, my thinking is, if I can't move, if I can't deal with the pain and heal from the pain, how am I going to have a relationship with the Lord who loves me? Because I don't believe anybody loves me if I'm hurting. Um, you know what? I could probably make a little bit of adjustment on that. In my mind, priority rise. Healing is absolutely essential, my sister. And you are yes. a priest and I am a priest. There are two authorities we we operate out of as a priest and a prophet. As a believer, we speak prophetically. And as believers, we operate uh, in a priestly mode, and you as a therapist are a priest. The aim of the gospel is healing. The aim of the gospel is healing. The ministry of Christ is healing. He came to set the captives free. He came to heal the brokenhearted. The gospel is absolutely about healing. And you are right. We got to feel before we function. We got to feel before we respond because it's in that pain, in that suffering, in that in that woundedness that reality is brought to light. And, and that with the person that's a victim and that with those of us who are lookers on. And if we don't have the empathy and compassion and sympathy to feel that pain, then we're not going to be the person to bring about healing. So I appreciate what you do as a therapist and I appreciate you as a believer. And I appreciate you for calling. Got to take a tough break, pay some bills. I'll be right back. Let's see here. Melody, you hold on and Malcolm, you hold on. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, the time six fifty. We've only got ten minutes. Let me go to line number four and talk with Melody in Oakland. Melanie, are you there? Hello, Pastor Jesse. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. What's your comment, observation, or um, concern today? Um, well, um, about Harriet Tubman. Yeah. Um, I studied her ever since I was a little girl. I've known about Ter- Harriet Tubman and how courageous and strong she was in doing what she did. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she was called Black Moses mm-hmm. because she was definitely uh, had faith. The Holy Spirit totally guided her in everything she ever did. And to save over 350 
uh, women, men, and children, that's truly miraculous what she's done. Absolutely. And the things that she did even after she saved everybody that wanted to be saved. And I was listening to the comments of other people, and it is true. you got to want to be saved. You want to be free. That's your choice. Yeah. If you choose not to, then you deal with the other side of life. Yep. And I just commend people who do want to be free, who do want to be saved, because there's an everlasting eternal life that they're going to be able to walk through, whereas others are going to miss the boat. Yep, for sure. And I I really highly commend. She's one of my uh, mentors. Rosa Parks is Mm -hmm. another one that I also looked up to as a child. Sure. And... Uh, I was playing the role of Rosa Parks at eight years old. There you so go. I got a chance to feel the spirit of her, mm-hmm. even though I never met her. But just knowing what she did was all about being courageous, all about being um, spiritual, all about freedom. Right. Now, did you see this particular Harriet? <clears throat> Yes, I did. Okay. So in light of your um, having uh, grown up with the history and the many different documentaries and and the education around Harriet, as did many of us, because I grew up in the 60s, um, what what was one or two of the things that you saw that really was consistently faithful to what you had already preconceived? Because we're dealing with we're dealing with the artistic side of it, right? You recognize mm-hmm. it's a difference between reading books about Harriet Tubman or or, or anybody else in terms of autobiography autobiographies or biographies, and then seeing a movie. There's going to be an artistic license that sometimes can be disappointing, and sometimes it can be optimistic. Well, here's the thing: was that from what I've gathered and what I know is that you're truly faithful. Yeah. She had a strong faith. The Holy Spirit guided her. He put her to sleep and gave her the next set of instructions, and she followed through with it, and she never lost a person during that whole uh, journey. Remarkable, huh? That was truly amazing, because it puts me in the mind of, okay, how Adam was put to sleep, and a rib was taken out of him to make woman. Okay. And here it is, the Holy Spirit put her to sleep and gave her direction and guidance in how to bring forth the freedom. Well, she had the gift of dreams and visions, and that's that's another yeah. classical classical story. Yeah. But what was beautiful about yeah. that, and not everybody has that, by the way, but what was beautiful right. about that is that <clears throat> what God did was took her weakness and took her woundedness <clears throat> to speak to and, our previous sister who was a therapist. God took her woundedness and her weakness and yeah. turned it into a strength because it was her master yeah. who hit her upside the head. Yes, right, right, exactly. And she she said, he hit me up my head, and I saw God clearer. (laughs) And that's how, you know, taking something evil and turning it into good. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And to make it a history that, you know, will never be forgotten. Agreed. This woman 
suffered something, but in her suffering, she freed a lot of people. Absolutely, and that's, the, and that's the nature of the gospel. And what what mm-hmm. our sister becomes is a type of the church, because the church is viewed as a woman, a faithful woman, is viewed yes. as is viewed as weak. But because of Christ in us, the hope of glory, we can be yes. in our weakness, but God will still get glory because the power of God in us yes. can help liberate men and women from the same captivity that we were in. Yes, absolutely. That's how he uses us. That's how he uses us. He uses the foolish things of the world. No, I love the movie. It's very good. And I really appreciate your call and observation on that, too. Yes, and I enjoyed it. I might go see it again. There we go. Bless you, girl. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right. Let me see if I can talk with Malcolm for about two minutes on line number one to shut it down. Give me a brother over here. Malcolm, are you there? Malcolm going once. Yes, sir. I'm right here. Thank you for having me. Good. We got two minutes. What's your thoughts and comments on our topic tonight? First of all, just so happy talking about this wonderful film and and this uh, wonderful black woman who I think is the greatest American of all time. I I wouldn't argue. (laughs) You can have one. I nominate her. (laughs) I wouldn't argue. Um, It's hard to argue. And I just was going to say, I almost didn't see the film because, as you know, there was a lot of chatter. Sure. Uh, There was a lot of black folks even calling for a boycott. Yeah, but you can't do that. You you do have enough discipline now. I I can tell you're young, but you're you're smart enough to know you got to weed through the multitude of the voices, see it for yourself, taste it for yourself, determine for yourself whether or not the critics are right or wrong. That is exactly what I did, and, and you know, when, when everyone says don't do it, I said, well, I'm gonna have to figure it out for myself. Right. Um, and it, it, the movie was so uplifting. That's what I loved my about spirit it. so much. I started thinking that the boycott was the plot. They like somebody didn't want us to get uh, that uh, <laughs> that uplifted. I agree <laughs> with you. Keep us away from. I agree with you fully. The, the boycott was the the boycott was the plot. That's right. Yeah. Because, I mean, I left that movie on a cloud. Me too. Me too. If I had to boil it down to, or if there was one scene I wanted to mention, and Mm -hmm. you might have already mentioned, but it stayed with me, brother. Uh, Harriet was scared. Yeah. When she was getting ready to leave the plantation. Yeah. She didn't know. She didn't think she could make it. Right. She went to see her father. Her father sent her to the preacher. That preacher said, and it's real simple. Mm -hmm. Fear is your enemy. Mm-hmm. Trust in God. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Turn around. Go. Yep. And I'm going to tell you, I say that to myself every day. And that's the <laughs> battle. Listen, that's the battle. And what I loved about that is, and I tell people this all the time, the the, the 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 presence of fear for the believer must drive him to God, as David said in Psalm 56, verse 2, what time I am afraid, I will trust the Lord. It's not that we won't have that fear, but we can't be dominated by fear. We must be driven by a faith in God, a faith in Christ that leads us to do what's right. We have to. And she did. Yes, sir. She did. Bless you, boy. definitely did. And I I just thank you for talking about her in the movie. And anybody that hasn't had a chance to go see it, you you should go see it. I'm sure you will feel what I felt. Amen. Joy. I I felt it. I felt it, brother. Bless you. Yes, sir. And I'll close by saying this, too. Um, Yeah, a woman, black. God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the mighty. I mean, you couldn't get any more oxymoronic than that. Not some valiant, tall, Saul-like hero, just a sister, just a common, plain old sister. In some ways, we would have thought she was nutty, quite frankly, 
falling down and going to sleep right in the middle of a run. (laughs) But, you know, that's how God often works. He really does. And like our brother said, when you read, watch the movie redemptively and you, you, you understand that the main theme running through the movie is her faith in God, compelling her to liberate men and women from something she knew was absolutely wrong. The sin of culture, the idolatrous sin of culture can never modify the gospel of a glorious, all redeeming God who has called men and women out of darkness into his marvelous light. Therefore, the love of God constrains us to go and tell and compel men and women to the freedom that's in Jesus Christ. Until next time, God bless you. Keep your eyes on the one who is altogether lovely. We'll see you next time. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.